welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Hey there, happy Thursday to you. Welcome back to the program. Today, we're going to talk about how to alleviate stress from your life. In fact, the next two, maybe three episodes will revolve around how do we lift the weight. So many of us, even though we're Christians and we know where we're going and we know in whom we believe, we just have all this pressure on us and we feel pulled in all these different directions and there's all of this anxiety that goes along with living everyday life. I'm pretty sure that Jesus died to eliminate those kinds of feelings and that his plan for prayer and trusting in him and living like the Beatitudes teach, where we feel blessed and happy and fruitful and free every day, no matter what we're facing. I'm pretty sure that's what the Lord wants for us. Unfortunately, there are a lot of God's people just so burdened down with everything that's going on and daily mental challenges and worries that are just stealing from them the kind of joy that the Lord intended. We will talk about in the next episode, in episode 35, we will talk about things you can do each and every day to plan for a stress-free day. So I'm already working on that. But while I was doing research for that, I came across this article and I just have to share it with you. So before we get to where it's all going in the next episode, I want to give you a few big picture items to think about. There was an article written by a guy named Darius Faroux, F-O-R-O-U-X, if you want to look it up. The article is titled, Four Things I Gave Up to Be Free. And as you'll see in this episode, there are several things that he allowed to live on inside of him and in his life. And while he may have pursued all kinds of wise daily plannings and fervent prayers, it just was never going to give him that experience of liberation as long as these four things were still there. And so that's why our title is Forfeit for Freedom. It's an interpretation of his title, Four Things I Gave Up to Be Free. Now, as I've told you before, a lot of these articles and books and things that I'm recommending and drawing from were not written with a religious slant. My take on this article is that this fits into that idea. This is about human beings living their best lives and not being burdened by weights they're not supposed to be carrying. He does not mention God here. And yet, if you are even the most casual Bible student, and I know I have a lot of listeners here who are good Bible students, you will instantly connect each of these four things to principles Jesus, the author of freedom, the author of peace, has taught us consistently throughout the entire New Testament. I hope that you will take these things to heart. If you will use the next few days and consider letting these four things go, forfeiting them, giving them up, Then when we get to Monday morning's episode about how to plan a stress-free day, you will have some major obstacles out of the way, and I think it's just going to make that a whole lot easier. Okay, let's jump right in. Here is his first observation. To experience true freedom, the first thing that must be forfeited are lies. There is just no room for deception in a free mind. I'm instantly reminded about the truth when Jesus said that the truth shall make you free, and if the truth makes you free, you will be free indeed. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that lying to cover up things will give you freedom. 
Deceiving other people will make your life better? Or convincing yourself of things that just aren't so to bring some peace will actually be peace? Instead, Scripture is abundantly clear that lying in all forms, though it may service the need of the moment to get you through the day, is not the kind of thing that's going to make you feel good about who you are, make you feel trusted and trustworthy, and help you experience the grace of the Lord without obstacle. We know that the Bible talks about, in Proverbs 28, I love Proverbs 28, 13, where it talks about those who confess their sins and forsake. They're honest about it. They say, look, I've been deceiving you on this. I've been hiding this. I've been tainting this. The truth is, this is what's happening. When people do that, they reap compassion. Compassion from everyone. Compassion from God. Compassion from the person that they've hurt in most cases. And really, they're able to forgive themselves. Self-deception is a massive part of this. There are people who get up every day, and they're doing things they shouldn't do, and they're deceiving themselves. They're justifying it. But that always nags at them. And so the person that they have the biggest trouble forgiving is themselves, because they know that they're still covering for it. His point is, you want to experience freedom, and I would say as a preacher, if you want to experience freedom in Christ, experience the liberation that comes when you're finally honest. When you tell someone the truth, when you lay it out before them and you beg for mercy, when you really have a conversation with yourself and you stop covering things up and you're honest with yourself about the way things really are and what you want to do about that, man, that changes everything. Honesty breeds mercy. And when I'm being honest and I know that God's mercy is triggered by that honesty, whether it's internally what I'm thinking or feeling or how I interact with somebody I care about, there is a peace that comes from being forgiven, and that means no more lies. Now, you might be thinking, that sounds really hard. That's not going to be easy to do. But I hope you've seen in this series from the very beginning is that we try to do hard things if we know that they are the right things, and being honest is certainly one of those things. All right, here's a second piece of the puzzle. He said, I gave up four things. I left them behind, and I feel great and I'm at peace. And the second one connects to this in some ways. He said, I decided to give up comfort, or at least to be more specific, the need for comfort to be happy. People who need things to be going well, people who need things to be smooth, people who need there to be no drama around them in order for them to be at peace are actually enslaved in a cage of comfort. Because the truth is, life is filled with uncomfortable situations, conversations, and things that happen to us. And if the only way I can get along feeling liberated in Christ and strong is to not experience any of those things and avoid them at all costs, I'm stuck in a cage. I'm under bondage by that. In the article, the author says, when you welcome suffering and no longer hide from it, nothing can take away your peace of mind. No matter what happens to you, you know that you will be able to endure it. Maybe it's death or grief, sadness, fear of the unknown, illness, injury, being broke, losing friends, being alone, breaking up, physical pain. There are many things that we try to avoid. And look, I try to avoid all those things. But I don't need to avoid them to feel free. I don't need to live a day without them in order to be at peace. I have a peace in Jesus, a peace where Philippians 4, I lay all my concerns at him. 
I can take those concerns and handle them because I deliver them to the throne of God and I receive a peace that surpasses understanding. I think I finally understand what that means. I have a peace that can handle things. I have a peace that can deal with sorrow and death. I have a peace that can go through difficult times because I'm laying that at the feet of God. And James 1, I'm open to the fact that maybe the true exercise of my freedom and strength, maybe the biggest need for my future growth are uncomfortable things. Maybe you're having a Thursday and things have not gone smoothly, but you're one of those people that can really only call it a great day if things go smoothly. You need to become a more liberated, faith-centered, optimistic person. If things are uneventful today, it's going to be a great day. If something surprisingly awesome happens, it's going to be a great day. But if something uncomfortable, something trying, something unexpected comes, my grit kicks in. My conviction and commitment kicks in, and in some ways, you're even able to feel joy in the uncomfortable because you know that the power of Jesus can help you, and also the transformation and growth that you experience through being outside of your comfort zone, handling difficult situations, that may be the best thing that happens to you all day. Okay, so the first two really constitute mental exercises. They're the ability to think I'm through telling lies and I'm going to be honest about what's going on around me and face that. And even if that means uncomfortable situations, I'm not going to be scared of the uncomfortable. Now, these last two are more specific, but I like them. I like the fact that they cover two major areas of concern in people's lives. The first one is finances and the second one is friendships which if you follow along in our series, you know that's part of our four F's in addition to fitness and faith that we're constantly looking to. So here's the third thing he said, I gave it up. I had to find a way to get it out of my life and I've experienced true freedom and peace. Number three, the fear of money. Look, you already know what the Bible says about money. It talks in 1 Timothy about the love of money, this passion for it that can cause us all kinds of spiritual setbacks. And I think what he means by that, he certainly doesn't mean money in and of itself is bad. He just means that we're so emotionally attached to it, the need for it, the desperation of not having it, that it absolutely traps us and keeps us from seeing all the other great things God is trying to do and all of the other wonderful blessings that we have. This is why Jesus talks in Matthew chapter 6. He says, look, you can lay up a few treasures on earth if you want, but you've got to be about something bigger than that. People walk around with this grand fear of being broke, of not being able to pay their bills, of being destitute. And I'm just here to tell you, that's like being shackled together and constricted from all the other things God wants to put in front of you. So here was the advice that the author gave, and I really like it. It may be a bit overly simplistic, but I think you can expound upon it in your own mind today. Number one, he says, to get over the fear of money, you need to acquire income-producing skills. In other words, get out there and learn something, investigate something, do something that has a chance of returning some income for that effort. Sitting around worrying about being broke is not going to put any money in your pocket. It's actually going to keep you from new experiences. But the idea of not fearing it, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go out and learn a new skill, figure out a new venue, find some ways of getting better. And usually that amount of grit of hard work pays off anyway. I would begin, if it's okay, I'm going to give you three things. He gives you two. 
The first thing is to pray about it. To go to God and say, God, I will not let this eat me up today. I will not let this tear me apart. I trust you, and I know that the spiritual treasures are what I'm here to live for anyway. Now I'll go out and I'll work smarter, not harder, and I'll figure out the right ways to expend energy to give myself the best chance at more income. And then his other thing is save as much as you can. His point is pretty simple. No matter what your income is right now, no matter what you have to live on, you may not be able to change that immediately. But if you've built a lifestyle that is spending all of that money, if you've built a lifestyle that is spending more than that amount of money, how in the world are you enjoying your Thursday? How can you live with peace? How can you live believing that you're a wise Christian and you're ready to do the work of God if you've built a life that's in the hole? Now, look, step one is I'm going to try to do better and earn more. But in the meantime, you have to build a lifestyle that allows you to save some of that money so that you can cover an emergency if it comes up when things get outside your comfort zone, so that you can prepare for future investments or prepare for future events that you know are coming. There's this old great book called The Richest Man in Babylon about a guy who had nearly nothing except he saved 10% of everything that he made. He made sure his lifestyle allowed for that. And by virtue of that self-discipline, and he felt great about it, by the way, saving made him feel a lot more free than spending and being in debt. He became the richest man in Babylon. This is so interesting to me because I think a lot of people feel the financial handcuffs on them and they feel like their faith would be transformed and they would be able to do many wonderful things if they weren't handcuffed by that. And they're right. That's a truth. That's being honest with yourself. But let's get wise on how to fix that, which revolves around your ability to pray about your spiritual blessings in Jesus, acquire skills that can change the game, and build a lifestyle so you can save and prepare for the future. Okay, let's get to the last one, and then we will sum this up. I hope that you'll jot these four things down and at least pray over these things and do some self-evaluation. Here's the fourth one. Number four, incompatible people. If you want to live free, sometimes your captor, sometimes what's got you hemmed in are people who are not good for you. You've heard me talk about the inner circle. I forget what episode that is, maybe number seven or something. I commend you to that, where we talk about how we love everyone. We want to influence people all over the world and in every part of our lives, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let all of those people be close to me. I want to influence everyone but I only want people close to me, people that I interact with regularly, people that I spend time with and communicate with. I want that to be people that I hope will be an influence on me. I've mentioned a handful of times in these episodes the Jim Rohn quote, you are the average of the five people with whom you spend the most time. If you spend time with stressed out people, you're going to be stressed out. If you spend time with negative people, you're going to be more negative. If you spend time with undisciplined people who are really enslaved by that, you're going to find shackles on your wrists. One of the great things that Christians can do is build relationships with other Christians who are succeeding, who are stress-free, who are handling a lot of stuff in their life. And you look at that and think, look at all that. And they're handling it with such strength and faith. I think you probably want to go spend more time with those people. If there are people in your life incompatible with your view of freedom in Jesus, pray for those people. Influence them when you can, but don't let them influence you. 
Listen, incompatible people have got to go, at least outside of my inner circle of daily influence and support. Okay, so to recap, if you are interested in less stress, more freedom, greater amounts of peace, say no to the lies. No more deception, not of others, not of yourself. Say no to the demand for comfort. Tell yourself it doesn't all have to be going right to be right or to make you better. Number three, work towards eliminating the fear of money. You can do it through prayers today, planning, and saving tomorrow. And number four, check out the people in your life. Hold that to a high standard when it comes to the people that you allow have an impact in who you are. So listen, we've talked about them several times. Walk through these four things this week. Bow your head in prayer and say, Lord, these will not hold me back or hold me captive. I'm going to pray to you, trust in your will, do everything I can, and take joy in the living every single day because of the four things that I chose to forfeit for my freedom. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to support this program, go check out our new website, excelstillmore.life. You can subscribe to emails there. There are book recommendations, show notes, lots of great things. We'd love for you to check it out. And don't forget to share this program with your friends if you think it'll help them. And you can always follow along on the Facebook page. And please remember, whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.